what up you gorgeous fat fucking prick dick beautiful nice piece of shit kind man hey buddy good to see you yeah you too Welcome to Film Club, now playing The Little Things. You like Huey Lewis on the news? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. That's a bingo. Not the beast! No, not the button! I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday play. Milk was a bad choice. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Ain't first, you're last. There is no try. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Stuff that dreams are made of. I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. Excellent. It's not a tumor. idiot. Hello, Poppy. Ask me about my winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My man. I think we're going to play a game where I'm going to name many of the problems I have about this movie. And then you're going to uh, ring your buzzer when you had the same problem. Anywho. (laughs) (laughs) The Little Things is the 2001 police drama starring Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, and Jared Leto. It was written and directed by John Lee Hancock. Uh, Denzel Washington plays Joe Deke Deacon, Rami Malek plays Jim Baxter, and Jared Leto plays Albert Sparma. After six women are found murdered in similar ways in 1990 Los Angeles, police are on the hunt for a serial killer. Ex-disgraced LA detective Deacon teams up with young hotshot Baxter through reasons to hunt down the killer. The only thing this movie got right was casting Denzel Washington. Because it's the big things that make this a bad movie, but it was the little (laughs) things that made me hate it. Like me and Katie were like debating the entire movie. It's like, is it the 80s? Is it like modern? Is it the 90s? Here's one thing I want to say about the 90s, this whole bit about the 90s. It was a film written in the 90s, which took place in the 90s. It was a contemporary piece, which became a period piece. And somehow it feels like an alternate reality, like 1970s to 2020s film, but nothing kind of fits right. Like you have the beepers, you have the cars, the TVs, the fridges, but it all feels out of place. It doesn't feel like the 1990s. It takes place in the 90s just because they didn't want cell phones. And it was written for the 90s. It was literally written like in the early 90s. But name name one reason why this should take place in the 90s. That's what I'm saying. Like cell phones would have Columbo not reference? changed this movie. So I'm going to list off a number, number of things that just made me very upset. Number. Go ahead. Uh, so one of the big things is the editing. I thought the editing was atrocious. I thought the pacing was super bad. And like, beep. it would be like abruptive. Like it would just be like, oh, but now there's this scene. And the first time that I knew like, oh, this is not, this is not in capable hands. Is when we first read uh, <laughs> Rami Malik or I don't know Rami. Rami, I think it's Rami. Mr. Robot. He is towing Denzel's car, and then in the next scene, he's giving a press conference to a bunch of people, like in the media. 
But you also see Denzel Washington leave the scene. Walk out of the scene into the building. <laughs> into and the Randy police Malik station. <laughs> very bad. That's bad. It's terrible. How did Denzel Washington get the new car? Going. He's driving this big SUV, and then all of a sudden he's in this blue car. And it's a lot sooner how bad it was. When he's heading to the office, like in the first like five minutes of the movie, there's like a bit where like, it's like, it's kind of like a mid shot of him getting into the car and then it really, and it pulls way out and it pulls way too far out. It's such a small little thing, but like, it was just super jarring. Jarring, yes, a lot um, of jarring stuff. And that's what I was like, oh, the editing in this is gonna be. There's so, also, oh, there's also a terrible one when he's in the car and he looks in his rear view mirror and the green screen, like you see like the past oh. part, but yes. I, I had- That's such... when he's following, when he's following uh, yes. Jared Leto and Rami Malek, yeah. And I had such an yeah. issue with this that. edit <laughs> because the, the, the flashback that they show, first off, it's the only flashback like that in the movie where they use like a creative yeah. like way of entering flashback so all the others that, are hard cuts all the others are hard cuts for some reason that one is like that but here's here's the best part about it is yeah. that that <laughs> that flashback is like i would have understood doing something dramatic like that if the flashback we were about to see was like the penultimate like we're gonna understand everything but it's not. It's just like another progression of the backstory. <laughs> I mean, then, they flash back up until like the very end of the film. Yeah, it's a weird structure. Yeah. Like, it I feel back like, and it reveals that both our protagonists are murderers. Are murderers. <laughs> Wait, Jackson, get back to your list. Get back to your list. Why does uh, Remy Malik's daughter kiss Denzel Washington on the cheek? I, you don't do that to strangers. You that was weird. No, you don't do it was the 90s. Kids didn't know any better. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I refuse to <laughs> believe that. Why wouldn't Rami Malik meet Jared Leto's character in the bar, bar to like stall him? Longer? To hold him there. To, like, he could have kept him there all night. Yeah. Yeah. Rami Malik partners with Denzel the entire film. Why does he think it's wise to go by himself at the very end? You can forgive a not as compelling detective movie if the theme is very strong. And they only mention the theme of obsession leading to one's destruction, but they don't show it at all. So that's yeah. out. Besides that, the police work they do is not good police work. Denzel <laughs> Washington breaks into Jared Leto's house illegally without a warrant. And at the end, Rami Malek, like, they don't do any good police work in the movie. Like, Denzel Washington follows up one lead on, like, oh, the they hired a mechanic for the fridge. But that would mean that this one, like, woman got killed because of the fridge thing. But there's five other murders. And I think one of the, like, I have a bunch. I, I, I don't, I'll pass on the torch. But what happens? Um in a month when another woman is killed and Rami Malek realizes that Denzel just lied to him sending the beret in, or the barrette. I thought, of, I thought about that. I well, thought about the longevity of this situation. In a way, he oh, has to go back to, oh my God, I killed an innocent <laughs> yeah. person. But um, he no longer has to worry about that in a way as well, because he still, he'll go after the actual murderer. 
I guess. Oh, I guess I guess I have one final, final thing. Denzel Washington several times says it's the little things. It's the little things That's that get you sequel. caught. It wasn't the little things that didn't get Denzel caught. It was several people covering up his murder. <laughs> I thought the same thing. When you get to that scene at the end and you realize the captain was in on it, the, the coroner was in on it, the partner, like everyone else is in it. This has nothing to do with little things. This has everything to do with literally. Thank God you have somebody to help you cover up a murder. It's the little things that rip you apart. It's the little things that get you caught. It's a mostly forgettable neo-noir film, but it has good acting, which managed to kind of, I guess, salvage it just enough from keeping it like from disappearing into obscurity. I disagree. Uh, that, I think the acting was atrocious. Like that being said, it's not a film I would ever want to see in theaters. It's it's more suited for TV. You know, not not every film has to be in theaters, especially today. Like we have big enough screens where something that's kind of mediocre can just find its new home. Look at the Lighthouse, for instance. Right? It's a small film. It's two people. It's basically a two-person play. Yet it's a film you want to see um, with a huge group because that re the reaction to the film is something that's just genuine. This film never really had it. It, it had it. It had it seven. Like it could have been seven because it was kind of leaning that way towards the end. I but it just kind too. of it it did it petered out, and I just got bored and uninterested. It's a wannabe seven without any of the qualities that make seven good. Like it's trying to be seven. It's trying to be Zodiac. It's trying to, to be all of those really great crime movies. And I fucking hate movies like this as well. Um, like where like, you know, they have the old gunslinger coming in and he's going to show the young kids. I've fucking had a, had a police correctly, like breaking into places without warrants and like uh, getting cover ups and, all of that kind of bullshit. I don't. I don't. See, I'm fine with that trope. Part of cop you, for that trope to like work, that, like, you um, need uh, you yeah. need to have the old gunslinger leave town because, like, he was framed for something, or he sacrificed like his career yeah. in order to do yeah, something, exactly like, something noble. Not he shot someone. Yeah. Like, like, and that was the other thing. I thought it was. It would have made more sense. The structure of the movie really irritated me because it felt like we should have known at the midpoint why Denzel was, never came back to town. Mm -hmm. Like that would have been a perfectly good yeah. midpoint reveal. And then we spend the rest of the movie understanding why he is this way, understanding why he's making these decisions, right? But instead we learn it like five, 10, 15 minutes before the end. And then it gets pigeonholed into a comparison to our other protagonist's destiny. And then, the movie's over. <laughs> like the structure of this movie yeah. makes no sense. You'd yeah. think we, we, that if like, this script that, like, was written thirty years ago, they would have rewritten it, like at least to make it a little bit more contemporary. That's Not just dusted like, it off. Yeah, felt like it was a first draft of a movie. And then, like you know, they just kind of left it for ten years. HBO was like, okay, we need content for, but it, at the same time, it had intentions of going out to the cinema, so they don't even have that excuse to lean on. Oh my god, if I but it's just like you know, theaters, we need something. So what's, oh, I would have been so unhappy if I saw this in theaters. When me and my partner were watching it, like we had such problems with how information, and we've talked about it a bunch of times on the podcast. Love how certain things do information and how they reveal that information. And in this, it's like all over the fucking place how they reveal things. And it's like, we don't understand anything. 
like it's just like oh we don't understand until like the last 10 minutes that Jared Leto didn't do anything he's just like a weird freak see I actually liked his portrayal I just thought I was gonna say my hot take but I guess they didn't utilize it I thought I, I actually really liked Jared Leto in this. I thought he did a good job. I did too. He actually he made a full character out of it. Like, yeah. He walks funny. He went with uh, pros, I think yeah. it was prosthesis for his nose and that. Like they probably put like dark contacts in. He's and obviously he's actually, wearing like a fat belly. He definitely yeah. completely like disappeared, disappeared into whatever this character he even was. did something with his voice too. That's the thing is like I would say that he was the best part of the movie. I'd have to say poor Rami Malek though. Because uh, he was just giving nothing to do. He was like the weakest of the characters that were written. He even like, he even had this, uh, it's so funny. I was thinking about it in terms of writing, like the Rami Malek character. And it's almost as if they told him to play the opposite of how he was written on the page. I was like, this just feels very, I feel like this can't be what the writer or the filmmaker intended with this character. Like... But it's the writer but, and director, so but, yeah. The but then again, like the movie's kind of kind of a mess anyway. Um, but yeah, it just it was weird because Rainy Mouse like a great actor, I think. But there was just something like smug and insincere about his performance in this movie that just like I just didn't care at all. Hey, Sarge. So, you know Joe Deacon? Get what you came for? I will. You got nothing better to do than to bust my balls in the meantime? Nothing personal. Deke busts everybody's balls. You want to bullshit John Q. Public and you're thinking that the worst is behind us? That's your business until the next time, but hey, it's your shit. Yeah, it is. I hear you're a good cop. I hear things, too. Well, I want to go back to the police work. In this. In seven, we see Morgan Freeman, like, move the fridge, like keep on investigating all these different things, go to the library and study for hours. Like he spends a whole night just doing all this stuff. What do they do in this? They don't do anything. I can't name you like any moments from this movie anymore. Like I've seen, I don't. Oh, it's, it's absolutely forgettable. I think that's its biggest problem. But I, I know what you're yeah, saying um, about the police work like... thing though, because I just watched seven, like three weeks ago. And I remember like, thinking thinking how it felt realistic to the time and in in my basic knowledge of police work you know but we don't see like you're right we don't see anything he just like looks around the rooms like there's no like moving of anything they have another half-baked idea where (laughs) he can like see the dead alive like he can he has a connection with the oh, dead we didn't even talk about that. and that's just like this half-baked idea of oh he's able to make <laughs> connections with the dead you can talk to me i'm all a friend you got i thought i thought that was just him seeing the skeletons yeah. in his closet that he he couldn't yeah I, he couldn't move i thought past that too past because of his failures but he hold. but if that's the case then he holds himself responsible for all of those other girls' murders, which makes no sense because he only shot one. Yeah. Well, that's why she's in the front. Six. She, she's but the one that's all... hanging over the bed. I. Yeah, but they're all they're all in flashbacks. They're all ghosts to him. Yeah, like it just doesn't. It does. The theme does not match like the metaphorical representation of grief. It does not work. <laughs> I'll say this though, um, while, while the movie as a whole didn't 
feel like the whole beginning that that beginning segment had me worried from the like very beginning let's say so clunky like just because the the girl did was the girl was stupider than a human being actually would be she not only does she stop her car at a random motel that's clearly closed it does she leaves her weird. keys in the car and runs away thinking <laughs> oh maybe i can still escape but no the the whoever it is maybe it's jared leto maybe it's not stops his car takes her keys now she's fucked it's like and I, I, just, I was just so worried. Are we going to have stupid people doing stupid things and that's why they die? And, and like, it didn't turn out that way, but the script itself still wasn't um, It kind of did polished. that. I'm going to run you home. It's like, oh, it's only three blocks, said the next victim. <laughs> so that next victim is Elia Kazan's granddaughter. Fun fact. What I did find interesting about the beginning, though, is that it sort of felt like a shittier version really of the beginning of Zodiac. Which I think the opening to Zodiac is an Amazing. awesome, Amazing awesome, opening. awesome intro. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that Zodiac does really well, and I remember the first time I saw that movie, when it got to the end, I was like, I fucking hate this movie. I'm so unsatisfied. And then I sort of realized, like, over time, like, that's actually why I liked the movie so much, was because it's sort of unsatisfying. Well, and it's, I it's think a true story. Like, there's no, no one yeah, the exactly. killer. Yeah, we don't know who it is. But I think that's what they kind of wanted, like, out of this movie, or it would have made the ending work better. Because, like, we're pretty sure, I feel like, that Jared Leto is not the killer at the end. But I like the idea of really not knowing at all whether or not he's the killer or not. I think that that would have made, like, so much more of a compelling ending, like, and also thing to hold on to as a character than just, ah, no, he's not the killer, but I killed him anyway, and now I gotta live with it's John Lee Hancock is no David Fincher. The movie definitely combines those like seven and Zodiac a whole bunch. It has the exact same scene at the end where uh, Kevin Spacey and seven goes with the detectives to the place where the next body I was waiting is. waiting for a box. Then they end yeah. up killing the person, but it's not like yeah. that. it kills Kevin Spacey because Kevin Spacey cut off the head of his wife. And that's a beautiful payoff. Yes. The whole film. There, there's he really becomes- no payoff for this film yeah. but it also like jared leto gets murdered because he's fucking with him okay. jared leto made him become shia labeouf in holes for 20 minutes and he yeah. killed him they, they do point they they try to point it for us the audience that he's the bad guy because at one point jared leto points his finger as a gun towards remy malik so you're thinking mm. oh he actually is bad he's just fucking with him really really like horribly yeah. but it's there's nothing that gives us closure. And I guess that's what they were trying for, but it's still, it was not a good, it wasn't well done. Like if, if you're not going to give us closure, that's one thing, but it also wasn't well done, which was a whole other bag of worms. They give you closure with the red barrette and then they take it away because they think it's yeah. clever. That definitely felt like a moment of just like the film just trying to be clever rather it's, than but it's like so actually surface. resolve. It's so surface. I think the ending would have been all right if like, there was like a serious quandary happening. Like, did I kill the wrong guy? Did I not kill the wrong guy? Does it matter if I killed the wrong guy? At least we have this one guy off the street. Like, if I was thinking about all these questions at the end, then I would have been like, okay, at least the third act is all right, you know? But it doesn't do that. Things probably changed a lot since he left. Still got to catch him, right? Yeah. Not that much has changed then, huh? I really fell off at the third act where I was just like, this is just a fucking nightmare. 
and it turns to to me like the third act it just turns into such a mess because like I didn't care about what was happening to anybody at any given point because I still didn't know about like I didn't know anything still I don't have a definitive thing that says that Jared Leto is the killer I don't know why Denzel is this way that's a huge issue that's maybe the biggest issue of the film is that we're following this guy for an entire movie and we're watching him be like, you know, I guess he's taking it too seriously. I guess he's got some demons, but like, we're not actually, we're not actually rooting for him because we have no idea what he's dealing with. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like we have no idea why he's so upset. We have no idea like why he like is really awkward with people, but like clearly has, some old affections towards them, right? But like, because we don't know all this, it's exactly what Sean is saying. I don't give a shit about really. I don't really care about it necessarily. And also, why was it important to make Rainy Malik a Bible thumper? Like that also felt like like a little bit of a weird character development thing that just sort of like fizzles out in one conversation about Do you believe God. in God. Yeah, but I don't even know if they like. <laughs> I don't even know if they like hit that so hard because like it they hit comes up in hard. one conversation and then it's never mentioned again. Like I didn't like because I didn't come across as like him being like a Bible thumper. I just thought he was like you know he's having trouble being a cop and like doing all these things and it's like the job is starting to get to him a little bit because of like you know the same reasons I guess that Denzel uh, the same reasons like the job got to Denzel but it's just like. That's never brought up again. No. Like, they don't have another conversation about God or about, like, what, you know, the themes of the movie or, like, anything like that. There are two situations, by the way, utterly different. Denzel thinks he sees the bad guy in the bushes, shoots, and it's the girl. Rami Malek just kills a guy. Yeah. Because he's tired of his bullshit. That's it. And then Denzel, like, like, went through, like, like, so much. Like, he had a heart attack. He lost his wife. He ended up losing his job. Ray Mack doesn't lose any. The, the, the no. parallel just they don't they don't continue oh, the parallel. Well, I I thought that the like what they what they were trying to do was just like Denzel has thrown his entire life away. He has to live with this mistake. Blah 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 blah. So because he knows how hard it's been on him, he want, he's going to do this. He doesn't want this to be for this young cop. So that's why he does it for him. So sure. he holds you know. So he holds on to it. But like even that still feels pretty thin like for for a penultimate moment for a movie but also like also like we're gonna keep going back to seven in seven you really like morgan freeman and brad pitt and like absolutely they like they do a lot of good stuff to get to their like end point denzel and mary malik are like oh nope it's jared leto we're sure of it there's no other suspects. They don't explore any other things. Like they don't find anything. They're not good at their job. <laughs> <laughs> well, even, I think that even movies like, like this that rely on flashbacks ultimately suffer. Like, because, you know, it's, I always find mm. that if you keep a movie in the present, I think it is a stronger narrative. Like if you try to get through exposition through dialogue or through, you know, like context clues of any kind, but because it relied solely on flashback, like it just, it just, it just. Also, that work. we talked about the hard cut. The flashback comes right away. There's never that scene of uh, Rami Malek. Is it like, a flashback oh. or is it? But there's never the scene of Rami Malek. Oh, what did he do? Like, oh, uh, who is that? That's uh, Deacon. 
he was a great cop. And that's the only way we know Denzel's a good cop is because one guy says it once. And then for some reason, Rami Malek becomes infatuated. Yeah, and even his love affair and for the same with, Denzel the same makes Denzel no sense. No sense. What did Denzel do? Denzel was able like, to see the that there was a building across the way. But that doesn't make any sense because that would mean that makes wait that, wait a second. It never gets brought up. There's a building across the way where the killer apparently was sitting and watching her. But they also come to the conclusion that the killer went there to repair the fridge. So was the killer watching her from the building across the street and picked her and then happens to the fridge happened to go out and that was perfect cover? Just don't question it. Wait um, a second. Well, <laughs> But that's like the other thing too with like with Rami Malek and, and Denzel Washington is like I thought like the dynamic was going to be completely different between those two because it was going to be because the first time we meet Rami Malek it's like oh I'm a big time hotshot cop I don't have time to wait for this guy to come out so I'm going to get his t truck towed and like immediately I'm just thinking it's like that guy's a douchebag I don't give a shit about anything that happens with him. But then like but then like a buddy of his a buddy of Denzel's from like back in the day is like oh, he's a really good cop. Like, you should, like, listen in or whatever. And <laughs> okay, like, okay, I love him now. <laughs> as well. And then, and then all of a sudden, they're buddies. Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt are constantly butting heads on ideology, and that's just non-existent in this. Oh, hey, stranger. Tired of steaming up that glass? Prezzies? Oh, yeah. This is the part where I start feeling... Like it's a trap. Open it up, find out. It's not a pair of mittens. Go on, take a look. You know you want to. You know how I know that Jared Leto is the is the bad guy in this whole movie because he hasn't shown up yet, and he's the third he's the the third bill yeah. actor. Yeah. And then it's like, he's the bad guy, but like, he's not, he's like completely innocent the entire time. And even though he's just like, he decides that he wants to like, he's just a weirdo who wants to poke and prod at the cops, even though he's completely innocent. Like, what did he think was going to happen? Well, he doesn't, he doesn't break Obviously any laws. He's so he's just, he's in, he's getting his rocks off fucking with them. He's a good red herring, but then you need to have the actual killer brought in at the end. If you want this to be any like, have any semblance of satisfaction to it. But we don't get any of that. In Zodiac, have... we think that it's John Carroll Lynch at the end because he has the watch and everything. But mm -hmm. there's like several other suspects that they investigate throughout the whole thing. We don't get any of that. We get, it's him because we said so. We have three high caliber actors. Any one of those three could be the actual killer. Denzel could have been the killer. Rami Malek could have been the killer. Jared Leto could have been the killer. Nobody's the killer, technically. They could have done something like with they, Denzel being it, yeah. Yeah, I thought they were going to lean into the... I, there was a moment when, like, they were doing the... When the FBI agent at the end was, like, giving the, the spiel. It's like, oh, it's going to be someone who moves from job to job, doesn't have a lot of friends, blah, 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 blah. I thought they were, it was going to be revealed that it was going to be Denzel, and then I was going to scream at the television and throw it out into the snowy streets. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they didn't do that. So I'm really glad that they didn't do that. Denzel still kind of acts like a serial killer. Like he's just, a, he's burning evidence. He's getting rid of all this evidence of a crime that's committed. He also just yeah. immediately goes, oh no, yeah, we'll, we'll cover this up. No problem. Because like, who are they going to believe? 
if like Rami Malek and and Denzel Washington call up the the police and are like, "Hey, I I killed this guy. We've been investigating him, and he was he was being real he was being real fucky with me. So I smashed his head in with a with a shovel." They would have been like, yeah, okay. They could have made the parallel and made it so that they choose to whether or not to cover it up again. That would have been a parallel. Yeah, and then like they don't, and, and then, then someone don't. goes to jail, and they have to <laughs> yeah they have to refill like the thirty or so holes that Malik dug. Fuck yeah, he was spending. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> searching for treasure. We asked the question. It's just like, oh, did he bring bring Malik back water? when he when he comes back from getting rid of the car um and then Alex was like you know he looks like he looks barely phased by digging holes all night dude those were a lot of holes there was a lot of holes it's symbolic it's so symbolic at least denzel brought an extra shovel at least denzel's like you know he he looks physically like distraught after like going through jared leto's apartment but then, like you know, he gets he gets to the he gets to the holes set. He's like there, and then he's just like, "Are you fucking kidding me? I just cleared out an entire apartment to make it look like some guy moved out, and now you're gonna make me fill up all your fucking holes." They should have just started making out like vigorously at the end. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it would have been more satisfying an ending for sure. Oh my god! And they go on yeah. a crime spree. Can I help you? I saw the for sale sign. That was for another car. Got a lot of miles on it. You uh. You a salesman? No. How's the trunk space? Standard. Mind if I take a look? It's not for sale. All I need to do is take a look. You must really like my car. I do. <laughs> I feel like the only redeeming factor is Jared Leto and his performance in this. He made kinda, decisions. Like, he made a full character. Once he kind of shows up. Yeah. Like Denzel's just Denzel. It's a surface movie. Yeah, yeah it's just a yeah. surface movie. I'm really disappointed. I was really, like, I kind of knew that, like, I had a feeling that it wasn't going to be very good. The trailer like, didn't make I, it look good. I picked it solely yeah. because it's new. And the it's the trailer made me think that it was Denzel yeah. the entire time. They had, to, they had to try to do something to sell this movie. They, they should yeah, have they gotten they to uh, Jared Leto them. earlier. And either we, we, the, we, the audience, either should know for fact that he is or isn't the killer. And that would make the ending better if they fuck up that bad. That we know for a fact he's not the killer. Even if they get away with it. Because then it could have gone I towards a, some, sort of, some sort of theme, some sort of results yeah. as to why this story exists like what's the what's the message behind any of this beats me yeah i mean they tried to do the obsession thing but like denzel's story and his story arc as his character it has nothing to do with obsession he he just made a mistake he had an itchy trigger finger and he ended up shooting an innocent girl remy malik is like the one who like becomes like completely obsessed with that Jared Leto is the person, and then Denzel the entire time is just like, this is probably the guy, and I'm gonna go along with that. But like Denzel's thing was just like he he didn't go after anyone afterwards. Like he didn't go after the guy who killed it. He just killed this girl. They covered it up, and then he left. Denzel's character ends up in the exact same spot he was in the very beginning. There is the line that separates the two, where Rami Malek says. I'm doing this for justice for all the victims. And Denzel Washington says, I'm doing this for me. And at the end of the movie, they don't catch the killer. 
So he's he ends up not accomplishing his goal okay for that. himself. He's in the literally the exact same position that he was in <laughs> at the beginning of the movie, only worse. Yeah, he gets from A to B to A. Now he's got two innocent deaths, or just remains a solid A. And there's no there's no sign Basically, that he's gonna then yeah. like what you're saying. There's no sign that he's gonna continue the investigation. He knows the killer's still out there. He went through the apartment, found nothing, bought bought a four pack oh. of barrettes, <laughs> and then burnt yeah. everything. He didn't even call his daughter. It's just like, what if Rami Malek takes the barrette to the parents, and then the and then the parents are like. That wasn't her barrette. She, I've never seen that barrette in my life. Very true. No, it is her barrette because my it's co-conspirator like, mailed it to It's like the world of the movie. After we covered up the murder. That's what I'm saying. There's so many, are so you many things me? that we're talking about now that are just like simple logic things that just like seem like were not discussed at all in the making of this would movie. You say, Carl, would you say, Carl, that it was the little things, the little holes in this movie that really tore this movie apart. It's just so many bad decisions. Like, I don't, I get, did they fucking just give John Lee Hancock carte blanche over this fucking thing? Like, who the hell is he? So I, I gave the rating of the film an okay at the beginning when I first saw it, or like right after I saw it. I have Wildly like a, overrated. it goes bad for me. It's like bad, meh, okay, good, great. I, I'm really leaning further and further to the left, further and further closer to meh. <laughs> at this point like even after watching it and not talking to you guys i was thinking about it and it started to lean but now it's it's just kind of like caving to the left the more we talk i don't know what your guys on on that scale the only reason why it's not bad and just meh is because denzel is so fucking cool and i like just looking at him i just like like i he could read he could read the fucking dictionary to me like, oh, he's, kind of, like, he's kind of chubby now which is disappointing why, like, why is yeah he well you know what though but what, he had a really good stretch of 30 years of not aging or just like aging beautifully so like there was bound to be a fall off you know but what's you know so i'm looking at the john lee hancock's imdb and i've actually seen all of his movies except for the founder like, so the, found, seen the, so the highway how is the highway man with uh that's okay so yeah so yeah. highwayman's an interesting choice Highwayman because... for our listeners is uh the woody harrelson and kevin costner movie about the cops who've hunted down bonnie and clyde yeah yes and the movie is not bad like, but would you not... call it good no i wouldn't call it good i would i remember i watched it on a sunday afternoon and it, you know so it was like a sunday afternoon netflix watch and I was like, you know, this was 90 minutes that, like, was fine. It had, like, two really, really good scenes in it. But, like, the movie was not good or not great. Like, it was fine. And, and like, the Alamo is the same thing. That movie is not, not good. Like, it's fine. The Rookie, though, like, I feel like The Rookie was, like, a really good. big movie. Is that the one with like, Dennis Dennis Quaid? Quaid? Yeah. He's uh, like, like in his late 30s, 40s, and he uh, basically it's like rookie of the year, but it happened in real life. <laughs> yeah, like that movie. Like that movie's all right. Like that movie had some traction. That's what I'm saying. It's like I don't. Sometimes I don't understand filmmakers like this, like where like they've made almost 10 feature films and none of them were like great. Like they That's were because all you're, you're thinking of fine. you're thinking of all films as like nice artistic visions when it's tr- there's a lot of just business to it definitely 
The Highwayman was a um, direct to Netflix movie, and like the little things should have just been a direct to Netflix movie. It's it's definitely that's the quality of it. Yeah, lower the budget by like twenty million. Save yourself the twenty million on something else, like and just Um, do straight to Netflix. I I should say, Carl, that the budget was only thirty. But how much of that was on Denzel and Leto? (laughs) (laughs) We know, you know, we got you. I got nothing. I got nothing in me anymore. (laughs) This is the part where we realized that we were talking about a lot of things that aren't the movie. So that's when we (laughs) reel it back in for uh, final thoughts. Let's go, uh, Sean, let's go with you first. That way uh, we can get your shitty internet out of the way. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'll give this a five because I wasn't aggressively offended by watching it and the mystery was okay. And like, uh, I, I, like, I sort of like was getting through the ride but then towards the end of it, I was just like, where like my partner who um, who was watching it, she thought, oh, okay, like this tied up everything. This this journey was worth it. For me, it was like, oh my God, I just wasted two hours. Uh, and it just made me mad at the end of it. So I'll give it a five. Like you can, like, it's not worth watching. It keeps you interested. Cause like, I wanted to know what happens at the end. Um, and that's why it gets the five for me because I wanted to know how it ended. But then it ended terribly, so then it made me angry because it ended so badly. Like just nothing. It, it wasn't satisfying, and it half bakes a lot of shit. Correct. I I have to go lower than Sean. I think I, I would give it like a four or even closer to a three. At this point, I already it's... regret giving it a five. <laughs> <laughs> I. And that's 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 me saying I didn't hate the film, but it's not well written. It's just there's there's so many things that could have been it for being written originally in like nineteen ninety something, it should have been better. Like if it, it, it does feel like it was just brought out of a, a shelf, blown on to get the dust off, and then they shipped it away. And instead of like because there's scenes in the film that you would think, oh, it's a 90s film. It takes place in the 90s. They're going to try to emulate the 90s. But they're at bars and people are smoking, but it's clear as fucking day. And that, that kind of pissed me off visually too because if, you're, if you watch any film from the 80s to the 90s, if you're in a bar, it is so covered and you can't see two feet in front of you because mm. of all the smoke. So if you, if you want to make it a 90s film, if you want to – Bring that aesthetic back. You need to have certain things in the film, like the smoke. I wouldn't recommend. If it's on TV, sure. If you have two hours to go and you really want to watch it, watch it. But Change the channel. Don't, <laughs> no don't go to the theaters. To watch. Don't rent it. If you have it for free because you're already paying for a service, mm. then yeah, give it a shot. You may or may not like it. You'll probably not like it, but... That's that's my only recommendation. If it, if it's already if you're paying for a service and it's there, that recommendation is literally why I pick the movie. It's just like, oh, we all have HBO Max. It's Denzel. Let's give it a shot, Carl. You know what? I think it's really important to watch movies sometimes that are good, not great. You know, because you learn how not to do things. And I think this is a really good example of like how not to write a movie movie doesn't work it's because the themes are all over the place we kind of have no idea what to track and if we did know what we were tracking 
then maybe it would have been a little bit more successful because like at the end of the day, dude, we have two of the biggest stars in Hollywood, three, three of the biggest stars in Hollywood and they still can't make this movie work. So it really doesn't come down to acting. It comes down to just bad leadership that made this movie. It feels like John Lee Hancock went into a meeting and had like a ridiculous movie to pitch to like the studio. And they were just like, no, not quite. What else do you have? And they picked the what else do you have? And that happened to be this. But I agree with what Jackson said. I think that there there is a lot more involved in cinema with business that we're not exactly privy to. And, you know, it would be different if John Lee Hancock didn't direct this or uh, uh, didn't write this because then like at least that they had this script, like, in the you know, they're like, they'll say, oh, we're spending all this money on the actors. Who can we afford to direct this? Oh, this guy that's done a couple of okay things. Like, yeah, sure. Like, of course, this is going to work because we have three major stars. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, there's something to be said with uh, expectations. You see, it, you, there's a Denzel movie. You you don't necessarily expect to be good. You definitely want it to be good. But he uh, he's an A-lister. So you do expect a certain type of quality. So the fact that it doesn't meet meet that bar really hurts the movie a lot. But then again, what hurts it too, uh, Carl, you hit on it with leadership. All the decisions that were made are just bad decisions. It's example of just everything you really shouldn't do. You shouldn't have a aimless ending that just plops something in the audience's lap that they're not even sure what it is. You need to have protagonists that I guess are good at their jobs. That way we want to watch them. Like, what we don't we want to see people that are good detectives like doing good detective work we don't want to see people like there's five there's five minutes of them watching jared leto go about his day and he does nothing that's <laughs> five minutes of the movie and nothing happens and we have to sit there watching it happen so i would give it a five just because i like denzel it's competent enough that it's watchable. It's not enjoyable, but it's watchable. And <sighs> it's like a fucking such a, it's like they, they built a house out of scotch tape and like one thing, like it just keeps falling on itself, falling on its face. It's. And at the end of the day, it f- commits the biggest cardinal sin of any movie, which is just being boring. <laughs>